Uh, what kind of coffee do you drink? Uh, this is actually Starbucks Pike. Oh, I didn't take you for a Starbucks guy. I figured you were more like the let me uh, the uh, the more exotic coffee. No, <laughs> no, my, I, I cap it at Starbucks. That's expensive enough for me. But we do, do we do brew it at home though. It's not from the store. Okay, I do too. But I'm just it's always very interesting. I, I was I don't know why people's coffee habits are interesting to me. My coffee habit is more, please. <laughs> well, we both have a cup of coffee. Let's jump into the episode. Cheers. Welcome to the podcast, Neighbors Don't Knock, the show where two neighbors drop by for conversations that are fun, relevant, and downright hilarious. Join them and special guests in their mission to talk about anything and everything and laugh about it no matter what. Now, here's your hosts, Brian Chambers and Philip Goffrey. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Neighbors Don't Knock, the podcast where neighbors such as ourselves are out to expand the neighborhood and talk about some things going on in our neighborhood. Maybe your neighborhood's a little bit different, but we want to welcome you to ours. That's right. And today we're actually going to be talking about something that's kind of Houston centric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, uh, some popular toys are not getting along Hmm, Ken and Barbie have some issues. Uh, also, <laughs> we have some great text from neighbors that you are not going to want to miss. So let's dive into this episode. It's so exciting. Episode 15. 15. 15. Yeah. Very exciting uh, for our season four. Uh, before we start, make sure if you are a first time listener, subscribe to the podcast right now. We'll wait. Did you do it? Did you do that? Yeah, I'm waiting on you. That's right. Yeah, while you're at it, you can like and follow. That's right. It is up on social media or go to our YouTube channel and subscribe there. Check out new content and videos. A lot of fun stuff. Uh, we really appreciate your listenership and your follows. Indeed. And also for our fans and supporters out there, we are proud to announce that soon we're going to have new ways to support the show coming online. I know that a lot of people out there have been enjoying what we do and we can't do it without you we do have overhead we do have equipment costs so we've been coming up with uh, various ways that people who have asked how they can contribute can contribute we're also open for sponsorship for season five that's right yeah and these some of these ways are going to be very exciting because you might find yourself on the show so, <gasps> I, I know it's really great stuff. That, that is more to come more to come on those in future episodes i know so and maybe we might give a little more inkling towards the end of the episode to hang around uh for that uh but philip let's get into our first topic absolutely so i i'm actually kind of coming back full circle to an episode that we did back in May of 2020. We're going back to space. That, that was in our first season, I think. What, right? No, second season. That was in season two. Maybe season, season two. two. It's hard yeah. to remember. It's all kind season of a, two. It's kind of a blur here. It's a light, light speed, yeah. so to speak. <laughs> uh, warp oh, speed, it was warp that, speed. Was that pun intended there? It was pun intended. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. I feel like we're moving faster than light. We're, we're really warping through this. But no, honestly, you know, it's. Space terrifies me, and I'm also a super geek, so I get really excited about it. And I'm really proud when Houston gets put on the international map. So back in May... For of, good things. For good things. Because <laughs> we've been on the international uh, map for uh, not-so-good things. But yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we love it. We Don't love it. let it snow. <laughs> Bad things happen here when it snows. Oh, or rain. Or rain. <laughs> <laughs> <A> wee bit. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so back in 2020... Uh, SpaceX made worldwide headlines and, and really joyously shocked the world as they launched 
their first two NASA astronauts to the ISS, which marked the first time that a private company was ferrying astronauts up into space. For a long time, we had been using our own reusable space shuttle as a U.S. government, as a NASA program, and then we had to rely on the Russian Suez rockets to bring our astronauts up to space. Not even two years later, on the 8th of April, local Houston-based Axiom Space, that's endeavoring to make the first private space station, launched four all-civilian, now astronauts, to the ISS on a 10-day mission. Just two years later, a private company brings their entire civilian crew to the ISS. This blows me away. That is really, for me, kind of exciting just because I would, if if they were looking for volunteers, I would totally be for it. Well, for the low, low price of $55 million. I know, um, for the low, low price, right? You you can do this. Well, let me just go to my second mattress and and get that deposit out for you. But, you you know, I I don't think it's going to be long before it's not going to cost that much to send well, it, cer- it certainly seems like that's the path that we're on, and that's what gets me so excited about this. I'm but so that was excited. But that was SpaceX's deal from the beginning. They wanted to kind of make space travel possible for anyone that wanted to. Absolutely, and SpaceX was heavily involved in this. The astronauts from the Axiom Houston went up, Axiom Space Houston, went up on a Dragon capsule, SpaceX engineered and, and manufactured. They were launched by a SpaceX reusable Falcon 9 rocket, which I think was his fifth successful reuse and landing. Which is a feat in itself right Absolutely there. Absolutely Which is amazing. really, that is amazing. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a, what, 12 people, 11, 12 people now on the, on the, the ISS? It's something like that. I mean, I think it goes up or down by one number. You know, you something know? like that. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of people on there I mean, when you think about the, you know, and we talked about this on a previous episode. Uh, we did the VR infinite space thing where we got to go around yeah. the International Space Station. It's bigger than you think. It really is bigger than you think. So it wouldn't be for me if but, I was up there. It would feel but, a little bit small. Well, I mean, as you're traveling through, as far as where you get to travel and all the spaces that you can, <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of can, modules. There's a lot of modules and things to go through. Of course, there's different, you know, different countries sections. It's not like you can just hang out in Japan's research section or something like that, I guess, unless you're involved in, in whatever uh, experiments they're doing. Yeah, and you get Russia. Uh, I know they're. Not in, in the news in the greatest way in the past uh, month, but they are up there. They're the entire propulsion and uh, maneuvering sections. So yeah, I mean it's it's in the driver's seat when it comes to the ISS. I know it's really kind of neat, but I mean the the weird and sad part is the ISS is what we've been told is kind of deteriorating. Oh yeah, it's 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 getting up there in in the years, man. I mean, it's kind of the granddaddy at this point. So they actually do have a set date in the future when they're going to scuttle it. And what's really interesting about that is that that's why Axiom was up there. So this. Axiom crew, these these four civilian astronauts, one is a former NASA astronaut, the commander, I, I should which, point that out. Okay, which is a good thing to point out because you think about it, everyone's like, oh, it's the first civilian crew, but they're technically not the first full civilian crew. I mean, you have to have... Well, they are currently all civilians, so they technically are, but yes, he he has experience. Well, I mean, it's, it's like if you're, if, let's say if you're flying across the country not in, a, in a plane or a private private plane right you don't want to just risk <laughs> anyone's like who's gonna fly it's not like driving a car it's like like who wants to who wants to drive you know it's like you, it'd be good to have a pilot or someone that knows yeah. what they're doing yeah indeed going the, up there the, the commander's name is michael lopez um alegria and he actually uh if i'm reading this correctly so that commander actually had three separate space shuttle missions under his belt so he is quite experienced it's been a while 
but he's quite experienced. Yeah. So we're, you know, he's from España. That's I guess right. U.S. and España. So, yeah, and they have uh, one of the guys is from what Israel, another one from Canada, and then um, Larry Connor from the, the U.S. Indeed, but what's so interesting about what they're doing, so they're spending, the whole mission is a 10-day-long mission called AX-1, and what they're actually doing is they're preparing for their own module to be launched eventually to dock with the ISS. It'll be the first privately built section of the space station, and then when they scuttle the ISS, that module will break off and it will become the first private space station in existence. And then they're going to build on it from there. Which is really cool. And, I, and I'm really excited to see. But do you think that the astronauts on board the ISS right now, like, look at them a little bit differently? Like, and say, well, who do you guys think you are? We spent years trading. Huh. No, <laughs> you, I don't, I don't you, think you just hitched on a ride with a lot of money. No, I, I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't think that they look at it that way. I do think they're going to look at them a little bit differently. But I think that for the most part, they all must be super proud this is happening. Because the more people that get involved in, in space exploration, the more people that get involved in seeing our planet from that perspective, I think the better our planet will become. We need more people to really understand how small and delicate our little blue marble is. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and these days we don't want to take anything away from the commander or anything, but SpaceX apparently did such a great job with the Dragon uh, capsule that I could probably fly it. <laughs> a little bit like just talk to siri yeah. Yeah, yeah. hey siri talk me to the iss you yeah, know. we just go i mean that is probably not i know that's not completely accurate but they, they make though they according to some of the uh, behind the scenes of, of how it operates it's pretty self-efficient as far as the as the uh, the capsule itself goes not saying that you don't have to know what's going on but at least they made it seem like with just a little bit amount of training you could yeah, op flight. operate this thing so it, it's not the same as is getting in you know and having to get on a stick and fly and navigate through space and mark your coordinates and things like that i mean we talked about um with commander moreland um back in our season three episode who flew uh the f-14s and then we talked about the difference between that and, and jumping the and the f-18 yeah. super horns the more he's like it's a lot more computer and it's just not as much that they have to do as far as the way flight is. And so it would be very interesting for me to talk to someone who had a chance to fly one of the shuttles to hear the difference between that and someone operating the Dragon capsule now. Well, I think that you're right. I think that the flight systems are, are highly automated and they have to be because that is the future of space exploration is, is going to be allowing um, the computers to have much more control, to take care of accuracy. But they still Does have to Does that scare be, you? No, because they still have to be trained to deal with the computers crapping the bed. Oh, I let, right? oh, hold on. Let me, so let me, let me rephrase this. Does that scare you if you were in the capsule? Brian, 0% <laughs> chance, 0% chance I am ever in a capsule heading into low orbit. That is okay, not let, going hold to on. happen. Let's just, let's just say you have to, you know, let, let's, let's pull a deep impact here. You know, the, there's a comet coming to earth. We've got to exit. So you have to go out. Yeah, I wouldn't you, be scared long because I'd have a heart attack and die within the first like <laughs> 20 seconds of launch it would just be it'd be a very short-lived problem for me well that doesn't bode well i you know that that way we shouldn't put that out in the universe because if, if that ever becomes the issue and they're boarding people and like we got too many it's like oh wait there's phil he's not gonna make it dump him right away brian i love you buddy but if they're ever boarding the emergency uh you know 
shuttles to evacuate the planet, you and I are not on the list. I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there right now. Hey, man, I, I'm a scrappy person. I'd find a way. You know, I'd like hitch a ride. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think you've watched Wally once many times. <laughs> okay, first of all, we don't even need to go into Wally for someone that wants to be the wheel. <laughs> So, and for those of you that want, so those of you that want to know what we're talking about, go back and listen to our glowing up Disney episode where we pick our favorite Disney villains there. Um, But all right. So just a quick recap of this. You are obviously we're both very excited about this. I I mean, I I think it's a a wonderful, wonderful thing. Super excited. I want to give, I want to give a big congratulations. Congratulations to Axiom. Congratulations to the crew. Congratulations to SpaceX. Congratulations to the, everyone on the ISS. I think that it is absolutely inspiring that this is happening. And I think it's nothing but positive. Yeah. How, how cool is this, Brian? Think about this. They had to delay the launch because NASA's Artemis rocket is right next to them at the Kennedy Space Center, and they had to do an engines test. Think about what that means. There's a private company right next to the Artemis rocket. Just, okay, we'll coordinate it. What's your calendar look like, man? No, it's, I'm thinking about it's, going it's, up it's like, April. Uh, was it lining planes up, you know, to, to leave, like just taxiing Seriously, or something like that? we're so close to that being a reality. It's so cool. It's it's going to be interesting, and I'm I'm very excited for it. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things that are going on, but for those of you that don't follow anything going on in space exploration. They did make it there safely. They, we, there was an interview. You can check it out on YouTube and things like that. Um, Indeed, they arrived on April 9th and they were officially pinned as astronauts. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and, you know, a lot of people think that it's not a big deal to go to space. It really is a big deal. Who do you know that thinks it's not a big deal? Well, I mean, okay, think about this. Like ah, space. Ah. <laughs> we'll go back to, what is it? The, uh, when the uh, Apollo 11, right? That was the big deal for first man on the moon, first steps. Everyone was watching, right? Then a couple of years later, I mean, when Apollo 13 had that big issue, no one even knew until it was until it was a matter of trying to get astronauts back home safely because that no one's ever died in space, right? So it's just like the more we went up there, the less I feel people were paying attention. They're like, oh, there was a, a launch. Oh, there's people in space. I mean, even when when SpaceX uh, launched up there, I think it, it was a bigger deal than most lately. But how many people actually watched the the new Mars rover that landed, or when they did the the first flight on Mars with a helicopter? That's so cool. Which I mean, they were controlling that from here. Although so I mean, cool. I mean that that stuff is amazing. But but you think about that, most people. I mean, because everyone has their own lives going on. But, I mean, space exploration is not on the forefront of everyone's, like, you know, thought. No, but do you think it should be? Because the same argument could be made about regular flight, right? Actual celestial flight. I mean, we... we well, when, they, when it's so pedestrian or, you know, maybe that's the wrong word to use, but it, it's so just common, you know, and, and with SpaceX, you know, taking that next, I guess, step into making it more accessible to everybody, it... it I don't know if it's going to feel more common for people to be like, oh, yeah, another group just came back from the moon. <laughs> you know, like, I'm going next week. Whoop-de-doo. Yeah. You know, <laughs> by the time my daughter is an adult, there's going to be rockets in the background just going up. It's like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Two, o'clock, yeah. two o'clock rocket just went up. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think to me, just because of how we've grown up with it, I don't think we'll ever feel that way about it. But but think about the younger blah, blah, blah. I guess that let me take another sip of my coffee and try that again. Think about the younger generation. Do you really think that they're going to think as big 
as they or think the idea is so much more spectacular that, as we do? You know, I don't think they're going to think it's it's more spectacular. I think that it will become more routine for them in, in a weird way that's hard to imagine, very sci-fi kind of way. But I do think that industries are going to be opening up. So the younger people are going to be very interested in job opportunities and, and what's oh, that's, happening. That's true. There. I didn't think about that part. That That, that is kind of neat. Uh, but now I'm, I'm picturing <laughs> you kicking out, like living your real life Dune <laughs> fantasy out. <laughs> well, how about this? How about when the headline comes in another two to four years, you know, the first entertainer that's up there just okay. only job is to be the entertainer hold, for the crew. Hold hold. Well, okay. So speaking of entertainers, just to, we're going to put this out there. You know that Tom Cruise has been lobbying to go up to space to shoot a movie. Yes, in but space. I would like to note that they are championing that as the first time it's been done, and that's not true. A Russian filmmaker actually went up and did an entire movie at the ISS. So... You know, little gray area. Yeah, there. I guess it's more of a. I guess was that a more of a, a, a fiction or a nonfiction like type of documentary type of movie? I don't know the answer. I oh, don't know. That'd be inter- was... that'd be interesting. We should we should probably look that up. But you know, he's. I, I think. But when we say Tom Cruise wants to go up and do a movie, we're we're picturing. I mean, it could be his last movie. The way yeah. the, the way that the way that he wants to do stunts. And how he makes he, he gets people fired because they don't want to do what he wants to do. I'm like, you know, I want to fly out the door, you yeah. know, come in. It's like, uh, uh, Mr. Cruz, I'm, I'm sorry. That would that would kill us all. It's like, you're fired. I'll find someone that will let me do this. Yeah. So if, <laughs> if they actually find a way for Tom Cruise to go up and do an action movie in space, I guarantee you this. I guarantee you it's going to involve at least one spacewalk. That he's going to insist he's on. I'm sure. I'm sure. I, I would be more nervous about going up with Tom Cruise to do that than I would with anybody else. Yeah, you know. Give me the most paranoid guy on earth and Tom Cruise to choose between. I'm going up with the paranoid guy. Yeah, any kind of complex operations, it has to be very controlled. And you want to reduce the number of environments you can be in where there's added risk, right? And opening the hatch and stepping outside, <laughs> that's a lot of added risk. You know, I our, mean, son, our son's a little temperamental. For an Oscar, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just like, <laughs> yeah. maybe they'll recreate the slap in space in slow motion. Yeah, it's only like a one out of 10 <laughs> chance there'll be a solar flare that'll kill you instantly with a radiation burst. No big deal. I know. You know? Oh, oh, Tom. Uh, but what do you guys think? Is space exploration more common would you be for it i mean it's really cool uh you know check out axiom space you can check out what's going on with them on axiom axiomspace.com yeah uh, you know hey, or, or nasa they they post a lot of stuff i actually i love the little nasa app i have it on my my apple tv it's way cool it's really you neat know? and if you ever come on down to houston be sure to go check out johnson space center and, and do a tour it is just the coolest place ever yeah let's do it houston strong it is all right but before we get into our second segment We'd like to thank our sponsor, CNG Communications. Neighbors Don't Knock is produced by CNG Communications. CNG specializes in small batch voiceover and video production for commercial media, podcasting, radio, and more. Combining years of experience in acting, podcasting, and sales, CNG offers big media products at small business prices. Oh, that's great, Philip. But you know what? To learn more, visit the Facebook page or email us directly at admin at neighborsdon'tknock.com. Okay, Philip, let's get into our second 
topic I like of it. today. Bring me back down to earth. <laughs> but I'm bum. Um, okay, so our second topic today is a little bit of, you know, some superficial things going on here in the world. I found this very fascinating and interesting because when you hear real life Ken and Barbie are having issues, first of all, like you're just like, wait, what? I didn't know that was a thing. Relationships so, are hard, Brian. <laughs> relationships are hard. I mean, maybe maybe she got kicked out of Ken's dream house. Maybe, doesn't he yeah. doesn't he freeload in her dream house? Isn't that I, how that goes? I think there's two. I, okay. I'd have to look that up. I think there's a Barbie dream house and there's a Ken dream house. I always wondered about that because Barbie has like all the cool houses, the vacation houses, the cars, the cars, the yeah, campers. I know. But but you know what? There's a if you well, first of all, for those of you that aren't big Barbie and Ken fans, I mean, if you've watched Toy Story, you know he has a whole wardrobe of vintage outfits and stuff. Yeah. So, so basically, Barbie's a Kardashian and Ken is a comic that happens to be dating her. Is that how that goes? I, I guess so. But it's just it's kind of a now it's quoted as a bizarre story and and this was a story that i that popped up on the site all that is interesting.com so i found this it says the the title is the bizarre story behind the real life barbie and ken and why they became dolls so it 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 was very interesting because there are real people that look like ken and barbie now, do they happen to look like Ken and Barbie, or were they like seriously augmenting their look with plastic surgery? See, and- I think that is where the debate lies because th- she says, and and her name is uh, Valeria or uh, Val- Valerie Valeria uh, Lukanova, and Lukyanova. Lu- yeah, Luke. I don't know if that's how you pronounce that right, but Lukyanova. Um, she was born in uh, Moldova. She says that she's she wasn't out to look like Barbie. And there's been skeptics saying that she hasn't had plastic surgery, but you look at her and either she wears a lot of makeup or she's lying. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm, I'm going through the pictures on allthingsinteresting.com that involve her and um, I'm here to make a call on this. <laughs> she's lying. <laughs> I mean, she's a Ukrainian model and she uses her appearance to promote her ideas about spirituality and mysticism. So it's it's really interesting that she just wants to be beautiful and and I, but there's been rumors that she's had ribs removed and uh, you know her her waistline is absolutely tiny and she resembles the real life Barbie and I, she says she once said her goal was to become a brethren and exist on air and sunlight alone according oh. in this article which which is crazy you can't you can't exist like that Huh. It's like it was like. Did you say Moldova or Sedona, Arizona? I, I don't. I don't know. Uh, it's just. It's very interesting. She, she's come under fire recently for some of her comments that she made regarding people who are mixed race, which is why this article kind of came up, which is interesting. And in a GQ interview, okay, GQ interview. She commented on changing beauty standards, so why I found this kind of interesting. And this is uh, her quote from the interview. Quote, for example, a Russian marries an American. They have a kid, a cute girl, but she has her dad's nose. She goes and flies it down a little, and it's all good. Ethnicities are mixing now, so there's degeneration, and it didn't used to be like that. Remember how beautiful women 
remember how many beautiful women there were in the 1950s and 60s without any surgery. And now, thanks to degeneration, we have this end quote. Oh, sweet. You so know, she's I, a plastic surgery addict and also a bigot. That's wonderful. <laughs> so wow. it's just like, this is what she's come under scrutiny. You know, she also went on to say, she also says she's against feminism and does not want children. And again, goes on to say, quote, most people have children to fulfill their own ambitions, not to give anything. They don't think about what they can give this child, what they can teach her. They just try to shape her according to some weird script whatever they couldn't do in life, end quote. Okay, so Barbie has serious baggage and issues is what this is coming down to. <laughs> yes. And also, it is very hard to maintain a successful pregnancy on air and sunlight. I'm just going to throw <laughs> that out there. Not, not enough nutrients? Maybe not. I mean, hey, you know, I'm all about the great sun and all it gives, but, you know, this is a little bit much. I, I know, and, and it's really, and it, again, if you see pictures of her, she she does. She looks very similar in figure to Barbie. I would not say looking at her face uh, to me. I, I understand why they're calling her the human Barbie or the real life Barbie because she looks very plastic. And and again, as you were saying, you're calling it kind of BS that she hasn't had surgery or anything. If it's not the case, she wears a lot of makeup. Well, we also a don't lot know of how much of these photos have been touched up and, it, and exactly as well. But now, okay, now here comes a little bit more controversy here. So that's the Barbie side of it. Now we have the Ken side of it, the human Ken doll. And I don't know if I'm going to pronounce his name correctly or not. His name is Justin Jalika. Jalika? I don't, it's, it, anyway. So it sounds he, like a punchline punch to a joke. It does. He's from Poughkeepsie, New York. Oh, uh, a local. Yeah, he's, he's a U.S. And he was born in 1980. And he's been dubbed the, quote, human Ken doll. And he says that it is a flattering title, though being Ken was not his intent. So I think he really believes it. And in fact, he's actually posed in a little Ken box before. And good Lord looks super plastic. And that's because he is. Uh, <laughs> and that's because he is. Well done. Because, <laughs> I mean, he is a plastic surgery enthusiast. And he's had chest, bicep, tricep, shoulder implants, brow lifts, cheek augmentations, subpectoral implants, glutes, lip augmentations. I mean, it just, it's, it's insane. Um, it, he has had about 780 cosmetic procedures. Wow. And spending over $800,000 doing it. Oh, I would have guessed a much higher number. That's cheap. This guy's got like the bulk discount rate. I, I, well, I guess when you go in so many times, it's just ridiculous. And it and according to this article, it says he, they don't think he feels like stopping or he's stopping anytime soon. Um, again, how, how does he have 780 procedures and only spent 800 grand? Does he go like Walmart well, or I mean, Costco like, for this? I mean, eyebrows are like really small. That's fair. Right. I imagine the <laughs> shoulder implants weren't cheap. No, or, or the, you know, the, the butt implants or whatever else he did, you know. Um, but it's just, that's just ridiculous. Um, and, and the article goes on to say that he was, he was interviewed and it says, quote, in some respects, people assume that this is like the pursuit of perfection, that Ken is the optimal form of how males should look, right? And all sort of, re, re, all and it all sort of revolves around looks and superfic uh, superficiality. He goes on to say, I think that 
title is typically what people take away from it, but I wouldn't say that it is something I strive for in my life. Well, you know, it's just, it, end quote, it's just funny because what is he striving for in his life by doing this? Well, what's worse is, is how is he going to handle it as he ages? It's, well... he's what, he's 41, 42 years old now? Yeah, he's going to have more more surgeries. Tack on 20 years, man. Those shoulder implants are going to look really weird. I'm, I'm sure it's, it's not going to get any easier. You know, so anyway, he is the oldest of a sibling who was in jail that had, was apparently, they believe, a target in prison or something like that. So he's had some, some rough things happen, um, you know, so it's brought more attention to him with everything that he's doing. So that I, I, I'm sorry to hear about. But n- so did he wind up actually dating the real life Barbie from? No, no. OK, so this is they ended up getting put together in 2013. Uh, they, they met each other for a TV appearance. I see. And according to this, Sparks flew uh, and enough to start a fiery feud, that is. So apparently they did not like each other. Oh, interesting. So, so it, all the fighting it, it, it wasn't the relationship. Yeah, it, exactly. It wasn't as if they're like, oh, you're the, the real life Barbie. You're the real life Ken. And they got together and be like, we're the real life Ken and Barbie couple. And then went on tour, you know, doing things. No, they were just dubbed that. And then they got put together and apparently just didn't like each other. Interesting. And, and this is where it gets very interesting. It says in the article, the human Ken doll blasted her saying that she presents herself as a real-life Barbie doll, but she is nothing more than an illusion who dresses like a drag queen. End quote. I, <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know. Ken, like, them's fighting words. Yeah, it's like, hey, Kettle, you know, <laughs> you're black, you know. Just That's like, outstanding. <laughs> Um, so well, in fairness, she probably asked him out of the gate what his ethnic background is. <laughs> That's true. I, I, who knows? I, I just I, they apparently just didn't like each other. Are you surprised by hearing that that someone who was deemed Barbie and Ken won't get along? I mean, because if this was something that was making you money, and someone goes, "Oh, you're you know the real life Ken, and she's a real life Barbie," wouldn't you feel? You'd want to get along, at least on camera. I am surprised that they didn't see the business potential out of this because obviously they're both basing their entire lives around the publicity that these looks have granted them. You know, they're they're obviously Instagram celebrities and social media celebrities yeah. doing tours. I mean, they were on some TV show as the real life Ken and Barbie. You'd think that they would just swallow their pride and play it up. I, it, I You would think so as well. But it, before even meeting her, Justin said uh, he appreciated her beauty and but he said he also said it appears to me that much more much more of her look is added by makeup fake hair and slimming corsets Uh, as soon as you wipe away all that makeup she's just a plain Jane oh wow wow but this guy has peck implants and that's okay I know hold on Barbie fires back though Barbie fires back. You, you, you don't put Barbie in the corner. No one puts Barbie in the <laughs> no corner. No one puts Barbie in the corner. And she fired back saying, he would do better not to comment on who is plastic and who is not. I think he is a handsome man, but he overdid his lips. End quote. <laughs> I, I think I like her more in this particular instance because she went right for the juggler with that. He's such an egomaniac, such a, a crazed egomaniac. That's like, you know what? Those lips are just a little bit overdone. I mean, that must just 
torture him. <laughs> I know, right? Instead of just doing the overall, it's exactly. like, you've had so much plastic. That's easy, right? He's like, well, yeah. duh. Yeah, you're pretty good looking. Thank, thanks, thanks, Miss Obvious, yeah, right? That, that nose job, I don't... I know, that's probably... I, I bet he loses sleep at th- night. That's like someone like flicking... Like flicking you right, just ever so, but and you're like, that's fine, but they do it long enough, and it just drives you nuts. It's very clever. You know what I mean? Very so Eastern block, well done. Well yeah, done. I know. So hey, Barbie fires back. So so they're Ken and Barbie are not getting along in, in real life, but that also begs the question. You know, we we talk about today's beauty, right? You don't hear about the Ken and Barbie look anymore. Yeah, I think you know think it's, it's more of accept accept who your body is, be proud of who your body is. So is this kind of not gonna you don't think that we're gonna recycle back into this? Because there's still a lot of plastic surgery that's done out there, even though it's more we accept our body, but there's still a lot of nose jobs and you know, injections and lips and butt implants and all this other crap. You that's know? never going away, but I do think that every trend has a, a peak. I think that with these extreme implants and body augmentations we are starting to see that at least though in the west they're pulling back on that i even came across an article about um the kardashians with their butt implants thinking about removing them recently i have no idea why <laughs> or how i came across that headline but i, but I did that eight hundred thousand. <laughs> exactly what, what it tells me though is that they're seeing an end to that trend line Right, because they're going to be pretty cutting edge with what's popular and what's not. And yeah, a lot right. of plastic surgeons starting to cry out there. <laughs> no, they get to it's 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 like a full well, I guess uh, yeah, they actually. get to remove the implants now. So <laughs> but hey, welcome I, back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, just scan your card in so we know you're here. And <laughs> I think that's I think that's kind of funny. Actually, do you think do you think people have like parking passes at the plastic? They just pull in their their spot. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, when you do enough business for that. I'm sure they have their own rooms, like or, or they have a specialty room, like for the the VIP. You know, you know how you have a recovery room, right? Or you typically, you I think you would, right? I've never had, but like I, well, I had my wisdom teeth out, right? <laughs> and they put you in a little recovery room, or they leave you. So I I'm imagining everyone who comes out of plastic surgery has their own little recovery or has a recovery room. Indeed. And if you're a VIP or you've been there so on, do you have like extra stuff? Yeah, cucumber water. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> foot massage. If you didn't have your, yeah. you know, your feet augmented. Yeah. It's not a curtain with like Bob the farmer next to you. you had a <laughs> exactly. Taken out. The rest of everyone who just comes in for like a typical nose, nose job or lip injection or whatever is like in one room, like butted up next to each other. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, but you know, if you had to, I, I know you wouldn't, and I, I, I don't. I know I wouldn't do plastic surgery, but if you had to, what would you be comfortable having plastic surgery on? I have no desire to change anything by way of surgery in terms of my appearance, but if if I had a situation where I had a, some kind of an accident or an As illness, I was thinking, like you, some, something happened to you and you wanted to get something altered back or something yeah and you know what i've made comments in the past that are pretty harsh on plastic surgery and and pretty judgmental but the truth of the matter is look whatever you need to do to make yourself feel confident and good more power to you i just think that it's a dangerous thing it's very addictive and i think that striving towards unobtainable goals is mentally stressful and not worth anyone's time do you do you think and and let me ask you this do you think that people are doing it because they're trying to hang on to age 
I, I like think their, that, their youth, I guess, is a better thing. They're, they're trying to hang on to their youth more. Yeah, I think that in the Western world, that was sort of the birth of modern plastic surgery was people trying to look younger. I think particularly wealthy women trying to look younger. And then, of course, well, nose you can't jobs. have you can't have people who are poor going to plastic. It's like here, I have two buttons. Fix well, my nose. Hey, bye now, pay later. <laughs> yeah. Um, Can I put this on layaway? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm I'm positive that plastic surgeons do that. I bet they finance for sure. Are you sure? Yeah, for sure. I mean, come on, it's become that so be, mainstream. It, That'd be very interesting to hear to hear somebody. Yeah. So if you're a plastic surgeon out there and you want to come on Neighbors Don't Knock, we'd love to get your your insight. Tell us about your payment plan. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I think that nose jobs were sort of the next thing. Like throughout the 80s and 90s, men and women were often getting nose surgery to to change the shape of their nose. And I think from there, it's just kind of become a a little too mainstream, if you ask me. Okay. I mean, I I can see that. I'm, I'm with you on the point if you, if it, is what will make you happy. Uh, there's no one that can tell you. I mean, hey, you do you. I mean, that, that's that's all you can really say. I, I'm with you. I don't think it's necessarily the healthiest thing. I think in certain circumstances, it can be beneficial to some people. Accidents or someone that was born with something that wants to, you know, change one of their looks. But who's to say that someone was born one way and doesn't want... You know, so I, I look like this and I, I don't want to anymore. I want to look like this. So so I, I can see the merit on both sides. But what this kind of suggests is it's just kind of a fad, like getting your ear pierced or getting tattoos. It's like, oh, yeah, I'll just go and show up today and get this altered. Well, you know, that, that, that feels like it's or or that people just have that much self-doubt. Yeah, which, I hope which that, scares me a little bit. I, I'm an optimist at heart, believe it or not. And I actually harbor hope that one day people will have more confidence in themselves without feeling the need to change their appearance or their attitude just to appease what they see as the mass desires. I mean, it's interesting to think about people in history, if they had that option to alter themselves, like the one woman who sat for the Mona Lisa, if she had had plastic surgery, <laughs> I mean, think about what might actually be in the Louvre right now. Yeah, she did have a pretty strong nose. There's no, uh, you know, no doubt about that. And I that. don't know if that was an artistic thing or that's actually very accurate of how she looked. No one knows. It's a mystery. I know. Exactly. It's just kind of interesting to, to think about the people in history, what they would look like if they had the option to, you know to have plastic surgery. But well, I mean, what do you guys think? Is it something that you feel people should do or is it safe to say that, hey, whatever makes you happy? So now let's get into our third segment, which I'm very excited about our third segment today. We're gonna do a little bit of neighborly advice, but this is a little different from what we've done in the past. Uh, you know, our neighborly advice was before, uh, you know, thoughts that we've had. I found some fun, uh, I was going to say tweets, but texts from neighbors. Ooh, like neighbor to neighbor? Yes. So these are neighbor interactions this week, and these are real texts that neighbors shared with each other that we're going to share with you. Now, let let me tell our listeners this. These are not great examples of how neighbors should be talking to each other. It's just a really, it's just the reality of the fact that not everyone gets along. Today on Neighbors Behaving Badly. <laughs> That's right, exactly. Um, okay, so this text was from this uh, this guy, and he says, Your kid's wagon is in my yard again. His response, Come on, Dan. I'm looking at it right now. It's like three inches over the property line. 
Then he goes on to say, that makes it my yard. So what? What is it with you? Three inches is three inches. That must be what Lori told you when she filed for divorce. Ooh. Ooh. And uh, he is, uh, Dan apparently is listed in his phone as A-hole Dan. So <laughs> A-hole Dan, man, a little compassion. That was, that was a low blow. Anyway, so <laughs> that is a, not a good text. Not Now, this one I thought was hilarious. They took a picture of this animal, and, and this is the text. It says, your cat is on my yard again. <laughs> response, that's not a cat. Whatever it is, can you please get it? It's literally at my door like it wants something. They look at it. It's a raccoon. It's not mine. Then they go on to respond, do you know whose it is? <laughs> <laughs> my my favorite part about that one is the crying, laughing face they included at the end of the It's a Raccoon, It's Not Mine. Well, you know, it was hilarious the fact that they took a picture of it and posted that before they said, your cat is in my yard again. That, you know, I was just like, it's like that commercial where, you know, they're trying to get people in, out of nature and the dad takes his kids camping. And they, they see a squirrel and they're like, ooh, a beaver. <laughs> so I, I love number three. May I do number three? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love this one. This person sends a text. Were you listening to me and Dave fighting? Because I heard you laughing and it sounded like you were laughing at us. The response is, yeah, I was. The walls are thin and you guys are like the worst couple ever. <laughs> that person responds, that is rude. And you laughing is even ruder. He ends it with, I guess I shouldn't tell you I was so entertaining. I even made popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> so if you are, and this I guess comes with our advice for that couple, um, you should check how thin your walls are and choose a better time to have an argument. Not when everyone else can hear. We've all been there. Yep, exactly. Okay, this next one I thought was absolutely hilarious. It's not necessarily mean, but it, it is something that everyone's going to now check after... <laughs> hearing this it says hey man my wi-fi is down and apparently i need an appointment for them to fix it which i can't get until monday would you please give me your wi-fi password so i can use it this weekend he responds oh man the guy says is it a problem you're just the closest neighbor i'll bring you a beer later he responds no it's just i've been using your wi-fi for the last year if yours is out mine is out i'm really sorry I'll bring you a beer later. <laughs> so, like you know, you might want to check your Wi-Fi passwords to see if all your neighbors are using them. Uh, make a strong password, guys. Oh, my word. So, all right. And you want to do our last one here? Um, sure. This one is... This is, one's from Aaron4A. I like this one. <laughs> yes. It starts out, hi, is my cat in your apartment? This response is, my cat is in my apartment. Yeah, I think you think my cat is yours. He was a homeless cat I took in over a year ago. The response is, you're nuts. The cat you've been feeding is mine. It's been mine for six years. Not homeless, and he's gained weight because of you. <laughs> she responds, that's a lie. Bring my cat back, please, now, or I'll call the police. He ends it, oh, please do. This will be fun. <laughs> I mean, you'd think they, they have vet records and stuff, right? I love that one. That one is so funny. <laughs> you know, so the advice there is don't take other people's cats. Yeah, check, don't, ask around. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, there, there's a cat. Uh, he's mine. 
<laughs> so finders keepers exactly is that is that the rule <laughs> so anyway so there are some interesting texts from interesting neighbors that's our section for for interesting text there um but i love it man yeah yeah, I yeah. Love it. it's too funny there, there's some really interesting interactions out there but before you blow your gasket at something i i really recommend taking a breath and, and thinking before you send that text you know, when you put it out there, it's out there forever, man. And you know what? It may end up on our show. Indeed. <laughs> so be aware of that. <laughs> Indeed. Well, Brian, that was a lot to cover in one day. It I was, man. It, by. it was. I, I think we're ready to wrap this one up. I agree. Um, Philip, it was great hanging with you today. But also for our listeners, make sure you check out previous episodes. Subscribe to the podcast. We drop new episodes every Friday. Absolutely. And we have a couple of great back-to-back guests showing up. So be sure to check into our coming and uh, final few episodes of this season. That's right. And also don't forget, we're going to be down at Miss Carousel for our season finale here in Houston, Texas on Saturday, May 7th. Make sure to check our uh, social media for all of that and more information. Yeah, we'll get started about 6.30 uh, local time. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Out.